Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside episode 185 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And you thought that the black and whites were enough? Hell no. The Ottawa Senators released the reverse retros yesterday with the rest of the league, and it's got to be up in the top 10. We'll give our top five, our bottom five. And speaking of beautiful red jerseys, Team Canada selection camp begins today in Red Deer. Sends first round pick Ridley Gregg will be in attendance. I'll get Pilsy's take. Does he have a shot to make the team? And then part two of our interview with Jamie Noodles McLennan, TSN analyst, co-host of the number one sports radio show in Canada and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, November 17th in Pilsy. I know they came out right after we recorded yesterday, but your initial reaction to the Senators' reverse retro jerseys. Oh, damn, do they look good. Man, that red is popping. I love the logo, the the nice black band on the bottom. I think the only thing I might have changed just to give things a little more pop is maybe put white inside the armbands instead of just the, the base red color in between the two black lines. You know what I'm talking about with the numbers there. I think that would be the only change I would make. And maybe the collar would, uh, wouldn't would be both colors. I think it's black and and red right at the top. So those are, those are minor details. But the main thing is the red looks amazing. I love that. I know I'm going to be copping one of those jerseys when they're ready. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to our top five and bottom five. But where do you put them in terms of the league-wide? Are they up at the top? Are they in the middle? Or are they towards the bottom? I'm assuming when you say hot damn, they can't be at the bottom. <laughs> no, I usually save my hot dams for good ones. So, yeah, that, that's Noted. a good uh, little sniff out by you, Detective Ross. But, yeah, they got to be in the top tier. I mean, look, obviously we're biased for Sens fans. But if you don't have that Sens jersey in your top 10 of reverse retro jerseys, that's, uh, that's just wrong. <laughs> Straight up. Well, one thing I will say is actually wrong about the jersey is they said 92 was the year it was based on. Well, that wasn't the logo in 92. It actually said Ottawa Senators in the crest. I was hoping that they would bring that back, but you'll notice that it is the next tier of logo that the Senators used. I believe in 97, they introduced it maybe even a couple of years earlier, 95. No, it had to be after because Alfie first wore the jersey that said Ottawa Senators in it. But then once they changed it, they made it a little bit smaller and they added the laurels. But you know what I love, Pilsy, that they brought back? They didn't just stick the 2D jersey on there that they have now. They brought back that shimmering gold. And that just makes everything pop, especially on the red. Yeah, the the gold is great. I mean, if, you, if you're going to have gold as a color, you might as well make it like shimmery or a little bit shiny. Otherwise, it just ends up looking like a weird kind of yellow. So I think that's definitely the right play there. Weird yellow, man. Talk about the Nashville Predators jerseys. Uh, yikes on that one. Not a huge fan. The Bruins as well have this like kind of mustard yellow look. Not I like the fan. Bruins yellow better. The Nashville yellow is just their normal one, isn't it? It seems very basic. 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they changed obviously the shoulders and, and the armbands. Um, let's, since I'm mentioning bad jerseys, let's start by going through our bottom five. What was the absolute worst? And for some reason, I think we're going to uh, agree on that one. There, I, I don't care what your taste is. There's no debate. The absolute worst is the Detroit Red Wings. Like red is in your name. <laughs> You're the Red Wings. And they went with all white Jersey with little gray bands of color. Like, I don't know if you're if you're one of the teams that ended up going with a white or gray jersey. I'm sorry that that sucks. Like I'm sure like there's got to be a handful of teams that had white or gray because you you can only have so many colors when they're facing each other. But what a disappointment that's going to be. I wonder how many Red Wings fans are going to buy that jersey. The only problem though, if you're the Red Wings or if you're the designer for these, like they're they only have two colors yeah right? so you kind of have to make it i always think like black and red obviously go so well together why not mix in a little black like just putting gray or silver it's just such a cop-out their winter classic jerseys were so ugly a couple of years ago and they just outdid themselves and it's even worse now <laughs> Congrats, but hey, Detroit. they're gonna be such a bad team they may as well look like crap on the ice too what i think is the worst is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like the logo is the size of the entire front of the jersey to start. And then it's all in caps except for the N in Toronto. They have a lowercase N in the middle of the word, and then it goes back. So that is awful. And you know where I think they went wrong for the Leafs one is? They have two jersey designs here that they put together. It's the 70s style where they have the arms that are the different color, but then they use the logo from the 60s. Why not just stick with one era? That's what I thought this was. Reverse and then flip the color scheme. They, they tried to do too much and it uh, fell flat. And I think uh, we're, we're seeing a sentiment that that's league-wide, that the Leafs, the Red Wings, those two I think are pretty obvious. To finish out my bottom five, the Vegas Golden Knights, well, A, they don't deserve to have a reverse retro anyway. Whoa. They've been in the league for three years. So <laughs> get out of here with that. They are terrible. It almost looks like that sword that Alan Walsh tweeted out going through Flurry. Well, it came out the other side and landed on the crest, and all the blood splattered around, and that's how you got red. Because I didn't even know red was one of Vegas's colors. Like I know that their first jersey they released has like 25 colors on it. Are there even 25 colors? Anyways, that's for someone else to decide. Well, I just hate them. I think they're terrible, awful. I would comment on the Chicago Blackhawks one. But I don't think I saw the logo. How crazy was that, Pills? They just they completely ignored the front of their jersey. It's it's almost funny how obvious it was. Well, here's the thing. Uh, well, I'm going to touch on the Vegas thing first. What what would happen if all the other 30 teams did a reverse retro and then uh, Vegas just wears the original? I guess them and the Islanders oh, could original? just do the same. <laughs> they they just released the third jersey. Yeah, Vegas yeah. doesn't need four jerseys in four years. Yeah, they had to do something. I, I think they they went for it and swing and a miss kind of thing. Now, on to the Blackhawks. If you're so, I don't know the right word, embarrassed, ashamed, whatever, if you're so worried about people seeing your logo that you've used through your entire franchise history that you don't want to show it on a jersey reveal, don't you think maybe it's time to change the name? Don't you think maybe that's a good indicator that, uh, hey, we're, we're uh, trying to hide the fact that we're using a Native American um, nickname. So we're just going to show you the back. That what? says Blackhawks on it. 
Yeah. So that was a swing know. and a miss. Hey, shout out to the editor of whoever posted it because they put a 35 second teaser or like it, it, it was an introduction. It wasn't even a teaser. It was a full introduction. And the logo is shown for less than one second of the entire video. So stick taps to whoever edited that. I'll finish off. So for me, it is the Red Wings, the no particular order, but the Red Wings, the Leafs, the Golden Knights, the Blackhawks, and I got to go with the New York Islanders. You touched on it, but is that not the most Lou Lamorello thing ever? Like, nah, it's too flashy. We're actually just going to basically unveil the exact same jersey that we wear on home ice. Yeah, that was a swing and a miss. I put, uh, I did the tier makers for the jerseys, and I put the Islanders in decent only because they they didn't ruin it. But the thing is, uh, the Islanders had so much fun they could have had. Like, they could have gone with the fishermen, with the teal wave. Like, that's where I don't understand these teams that played it safe. Like, the whole point of this is to have fun and make something weird. Like, why, why would you just go with something safe? Like, honestly, I would rather teams try and do what the, what the Leafs and Vegas did. Like, try something weird, and if it falls flat, it's funny. And we can, we can look back at it and be like, oh, man, remember these jerseys? But the Islanders did nothing, nothing. Well, the funny one is the Montreal Canadiens wearing Leafs blue. Like that, that to me is, is no, funny. No, that's darker than Leafs blue. That's like mm. navy blue. Mm. I don't like it. I don't yeah, like it's, that. It's, a, it's only okay. So the, you the, give me now your, your bottom five. So I had the Islanders, the Golden Knights, the Leafs, the Red Wings, and the Blackhawks. All right. So, yeah, Red Wings and Leafs were, were on par with. The other ones – I basically did, uh, like, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Whites that just say Pittsburgh, that's trash. That sucks. Like, come on. You got to do something a little better than that. I, there's not a single jersey that, where it just says the name on the jersey that I like. Like, that's embarrassing. Do something. So, Pittsburgh's there. Um, Dallas, same idea. Just the Whites. And they didn't go with the – I forget what that logo is called, but where it's just that weird bullhorn and there's, like, stars spinning around yeah. it. You could have had some fun there. I think fans would have appreciated it. And then the Jets, like that gray, first of all, is ugly. And second of all, use they should have used the Thrasher's theme or something, like the baby blue, like like poke fun at yourselves. I think that's what you got to do here. So my bottom five is Detroit, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Toronto. Okay, now let's do a gold silver and bronze instead of a top five let's just narrow it down to top three and we'll remove the senators from this because i think we can agree that we're a little biased in terms of that but man that gold just to put it in perspective shimmers so nicely on the red with the black so you gotta love that pilsy give me your bronze then silver and then gold all right i think bronze i'm gonna go with the colorado nordiques and this is a tough one because it feels wrong not having that blue, but also they're the Colorado Avalanche now. They're trying to, you know, like reflect on the past but stay present. So I, I like what they did there. They they took a risk, and some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to like it. I like it. So that's my bronze. Do you my, know what the move is there, too, if you're getting a jersey? Yeah, sure, you can get McKinnon or whoever's studs. They have a pick your poison, and there's tons of them on the team. But why not get a Joe Sackick one, the current GM, but also actually wore that Nordiques jersey? That's yeah, the play. I like that. That's a good move for sure. A Sackick Colorado Nordiques jersey. 
uh, silver for me. I'm going to go with the purple and gold Kings. I, I love the combo of purple and gold. Obviously, Lakers, LA, it makes a lot of sense. The only thing with that jersey is I wish they didn't do that, uh, I don't know what you call it, like little little logo place. I wish they would have just done the classic old crown. I love that old oh, crown. Oh, I like this one. I feel like that, uh, that would have tied it in a little bit better, but the color scheme is just so good. It's impossible to pass up on. And my number one favorite, easily, is the New Jersey Devils. I know people are like, oh, Christmas. Oh, good, great joke. Many lines. There's like 12 lines on the bottom of the jersey. Yeah, but that that helps things pop. I think the white lines help the other things pop. And the green and red for New Jersey, I've always loved. Especially, I actually like the white ones a lot too, where you just get a little bit of green in there. So the New Jersey Devils, that's my top one if the Senators aren't included. Okay, I'll start at the top because you ended at one. My number one is the LA Kings. You mentioned the purple and gold. That's Laker country. They share the same staple center. That is beautiful with the 90s logo. So as I said, it didn't work to put two eras together for Toronto. It certainly worked taking the 70s colors with the 90s Kings logo. That was amazing. My number two is the Calgary Flames. It looks mean. It looks dark. The red pops on the black, much like the Senators' home jersey, having the black on there. And they're not messing around. Like The Flames went back to their beautiful home and away. And then you add this as kind of like an out there alternate. I think the Flames probably won the day in terms of their home away and reverse retro. Their entire kit is just unbelievable. And then for me, number three is the Minnesota North Wild. And they use their current logo, but they took the colors from the past. And I prefer that to the Carolina Hurricanes who just went full retro, Hartford Whalers. I know everyone's very nostalgic for that, but I don't like how, like Minnesota couldn't really do that. It's a different franchise, right? The North Stars moved to Dallas. That's a team. And you don't want to have the Stars play the Stars if that does work out. The North versus, what, the South Stars, if, if you're looking at Dallas there. But I love how they took the colors because that just pops as well. But that logo looked great there. So, yeah, for me, it's the Kings number one, the Flames number two, and then number three, the Minnesota North Wild. And I will give an honorable mention as well the Colorado Nordiques are beautiful. So lots of great jerseys, beautiful ones to choose from. Let's just call it the NHL cash cow because they needed a little extra revenue stream. I think that overall, they nailed it. Do you think that they did a good job overall? Yeah, overall, I would say they nailed it for sure. And I, I want to touch on a couple of your choices. I love the Calgary one because, yeah, that's see, that's exactly what you're trying to do here. Find those goofy, funny logos and put them in. I mean, this one's not really goofy. Like you said, it's it's uh, intimidating, which is sweet. I think, yeah, you get the horse for Calgary, the rodeo theme. I think people are going to love that. And then, goalie yeah. friendly, goalie friendly show. Imagine the setups you could use with those. Oh, true. Yeah, that would be sick. You could get some. Uh, well, I bet we'll see someone do something interesting there. Maybe Markstrom uh, switches it up for his new team. He's always got style, so he's the guy to watch for there. Big time. And then the Minnesota North, or what you call them? The, the North, Minnesota Wild. North Wild. Yeah, I, I like what they did. They took a risk and they worked. And same thing with Colorado. They touched on the past while uh, focusing on the present. I like that combo. So yeah, those are good choices in my books. And shout out to the Columbus Blue Jackets for trying to go to like an old logo. They've been in the league 20 years, which I, I think is pretty funny, but it, it actually kind of works. I actually do do like that. The Edmonton I don't hate Oilers. it. And the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning also very clean, in my opinion. Wait, okay, one, 
One question for me. What do you think of uh, the Vancouver Canucks like terrible. green blend? You hated that's, it, eh? That's bottom 10. I won't say it's terrible, but it's bad. Really? I, th- I thought it worked. They took a risk, and I thought it looks kind of cool. They love that Orca a little too much. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they, they already did the retro thing. So, what, they weren't going to go back to uh, I want to see Johnny logo. Canuck. No, Johnny Canuck would have been awesome on the front. Like, again, taking a bit of a risk. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So lots of jersey talk to start the show, but now let's talk to a guy who wore many NHL jerseys. This guy played in about half the league. It's Jamie McLennan, and now he is the co-host of Overdrive, the number one sports radio show in Canada. He's on All Sends regional broadcast. You love his insight into the Sends, and this is part two. So if you missed part one yesterday, go back, listen to that wherever you get your podcast, and it rolls right into this one. So we pick up halfway through. Here he is, but beforehand, Pilsy. We want to tell you about Built Go. Absolutely. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Whether it's sending off emails to different continents and teams and players like Ross Levitan, whether you're on a bike ride, you're heading out, you're going, hey, snow's coming soon. Maybe you're going snowshoeing, cross country skiing. Who knows? Bring your Built Go with you. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. And Built Go, Look, guys, I'm just going to tell you straight up, it's the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy drink without that crash feeling. It's like a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. You know the delicious flavors for Built Go. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. So good. Any three of those will work. Pilsy's pick of the week. Try them all. Try all three. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system quickly, and it's easy on the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff will literally make you look better. Now, visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. When it's before the game, it's warm-ups, the players are getting ready. You know the routine really well. When you're a color commentator, what are you looking at for the starting goaltenders and saying, okay, this guy looks like he's ready, he's going to have a good night, or what's going on with this guy? Like, he's going to come out flat. You know, it's funny. Once in a while, I'll just watch. I love watching guys' routines because I was a routine-orientated guy too. So I, I love watching what they do. If you ever get the chance, watch Sergei Bobrovsky in warm-up. It's actually tiring watching him work. <laughs> it's unreal. His, his pregame routine just in warm-up makes me tired it, it, standing in between the benches. But it's, it's unre- he's such a professional. He's such a hardworking guy. That's why I'm not worried about him bouncing back. I think his work ethic is, is as good as anybody's. So he'll be fine. But – I watch guys, I was a guy I could never judge if I was going to play well or if I was going to be horseshit that night because there were times where you're like, you stopped everything in, in warm-up and you feel great. Legs feel great, the mind's into it. And the first play, a puck hits a skate and goes in the net and you're like, oh my God, I'm chasing the game. And then there's other times where you couldn't make a save in warm-up if your life depended on it. And you're like, I better get my head out of my rear here or I'm going to get lit up. And all of a sudden, it's like instinct takes over. And you just, hey, the pucks are hitting me. I'm pretty good. 
now all of a sudden the legs are feeling pretty good. Like it, it was weird because I think players can tell how they feel a lot different than goalies because the goaltenders have, there's too many factors that a lot of times it's the, I, I joke, but it's the dummies in front of you that you're like, they're going to tell basically how you play. They're going to, you know, if, if they don't give up a breakaway, you're not facing a high quality chance. But, you know, off the drop of a puck, I'll never forget, I felt great one night. I was playing for the Islanders. And the drop of the puck in the second period, I, I stopped like 18 shots in the first period. It's one nothing. I'm feeling good. And right off the opening draw of the second period, my defenseman falls down and gives Mark Messier a break that, breakaway. Well, what does he do? He opens me up and, and, and five hole. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm like, that didn't, that didn't go well. And the floodgates open because now the Rangers have some, some momentum. So I always felt as a goaltender that you could feel great or you could feel like garbage. But there was a lot of factors in front of you that either really magnified that night where you felt great and, and the team helped you out or you felt like garbage. And the team was like, okay, you know, let's, let's see how bad you feel because we're going to give up a couple two-on-ones and breakaways. So that's, that was the toughest part for me is not knowing because I'm a, I like information. I'm an information guy. Yeah, well, the, you lead me perfectly into the next question because starting a game is tough when you get off on the wrong foot, but it can also be equally as tough when you don't see the puck for a few minutes before you start pacing a little bit, what's going on. You're hoping it's a nice one that you can feel and get a feel into the game. And that was the case with Joey Decord. We just had him on the show a couple weeks ago. He gave us the rundown from his signing until he stood in the crease at whatever the rain is called in Buffalo. But you were – First Niagara, is that what it's called? First there you Niagara. go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it wasn't a, a pretty sight for that Senators team. It was like end of the year, 2018. You're in a rebuild, but you're calling that game. You're seeing Joey Decord start. What's going through your head as, as you see it kind of progress? And he did make 35 save. He was peppered that game, but they ultimately lose 5-1. Yeah, I mean, it started so well for him. And any time there's a young goaltender that comes up, I almost have a flashback because I've, I've been there. You know, I was a 21 or 22-year-old guy starting my first game. And, you know, you're shit scared. You barely sleep the night before the game. And I, I always feel that in everyone's first NHL game, there's, there's no preparation needed because you've been preparing your whole life for it. When you play road hockey when you're eight, you know, when you – when you go to 6 a.m. hockey practices, like that all, it all comes to a head that first night. So, you know, it's just a matter of how things unfold. And, yeah, it didn't go great for him. He had a couple bumps in the road. But, like, I was happy for him. I was happy for his dad. Like, I was happy for his family because, you know, it's, it's, it's not just him making it. It's his whole family. It's his friends. It's the people that supported him throughout his whole career. You know, I had some nerves for him because I'd been there. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to win my first game 6-2. But I'll never forget, I gave a goal up early on, maybe five minutes into, like, Joe Newendike. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know if I can play in this league. It's Everything's happening so fast. And, like, I'm overwhelmed and things are moving around and I'm, the lights are so bright and the crowd is loud. And I'm like, like, this was – it was almost like I got transplanted in there and I was more used to playing in front of 3,500 people in junior or 3,500 people in the minors. And all of a sudden you're on TV and you know it. Like I, I don't know. I, it was, but then I was able to settle in and some pucks hit you. And then you realize, oh, the puck's the same size. The rink's the same size. You know, everyone's just kind of bigger and faster and it's on a bigger stage. So 
you know, I was happy for Joey. I wasn't happy for his, the outcome, but I thought he, he made some great saves and I, I thought he handled it well, considering there were a few bumps in the road. Coming from Arizona State and hopping right into an NHL game is quite an impressive yeah. feat. So definitely he, he did really good for his first start. And he mentioned that him and his family were very appreciative of uh, you on the call as you helped him out on a couple, a couple <laughs> spots there. So a goalie hugger for sure, Jamie oh, McClendon. Sure. He could have turned around and shot the puck in his own net. <laughs> I would have found a way to, to shine that up because I was like, I'm not going to rinse him. There was uh, no way. How about if he two-handed Jack Eichel and he's coming across behind the net? Well, I, I, he may have been uh, – may, I may have uh, elected him first star. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I, I don't like to uh, – I mean, Jack Eichel's such a great player. But, yeah, I mean, we what all, if he was? Uh, what if he was Johan Franzen? Well, that was a different story. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a misunderstanding. I still feel that uh, – that, uh, you know, he, he misunderstood what I was trying to do there. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Like my whole thing with, uh, you know, with Joey, I just, I was, I felt, I felt like I wanted to, to give him the opportunity because I hope that's the first of many games for him. And, you know, same thing like with me, uh, we talked about my last game. I don't know, we can get into it later, but, uh, you know, a little love tap on Johan Franzen and five games I got suspended for and, I still owe the league four. They're never going to get them out of me because I'm 49 years old and can barely touch my toes. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, and I've since had It's a great story, points. though. I know. The but current just, suspension is great. Yeah, that's true. But it's, it is, you know, the current suspension is, I, I mean, it was, what, a five games and a $150,000 fine or something crazy. That's garbage. He should get acting. Man, that was an acting lesson for sure. You didn't even hit him very hard. No, it was a love tap. It just looked bad on national TV. And uh, the, the commentators, like you gave Joey the benefit of the doubt. Pierre Maguire was not giving you the benefit oh, of the no, doubt. Oh, no, he rinsed me. You know why, though? And I know Pierre. You know why I think he was so adamant like that was crazy? Because the game before, I think, or maybe two games before, He'd done like a nice little in-game story on me about how me, me being like a solid citizen and a good <laughs> teammate and, and like, you know, I, I helped this team out in a lot of different ways. And there I am just giving Johan a, a, a little chop. And he's like, oh, my God, that's out of character. And, and it was just, you know, and it just looked bad. Like I just. Like you, you know, offended was, him. I offended everyone, and so I should have. I, I mean, I, that's not really my nature, but unfortunately, uh, it worked out that way. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I have to answer for it. Anybody who ever asked me about it, like, my intention was I tried to start a line brawl, and I thought that he was going to beat the hell out of me. Uh. So I, he was coming towards me, and I thought, I'll give him a chop, and he's going to punch me in the face. And when I chopped him, I chopped him more kind of on the right pant, and he went down and I was like, oh my God, like that didn't look good. So anyways, it is what it is. Um, you know, we'll, uh, I'll have to live with it for the rest of my life, even though I feel very bad about it. Yeah, you, you kind of get the, the last laugh there, not giving the NHL uh, the rest of their suspended games worth. And just one, while That's we're true. on this topic, Jamie, I want to ask you quickly, what did Kiprasov have to say to you after when you, you gave him uh, a joyous 18 seconds of relief? You came on the bench, you went in for 18 seconds, and then you tapped him to head back on out there. What was that like? He was laughing. I mean, you know, once we went through it, but Kipper and I, to this day, are still very close. I was talking to him the other day on the phone, and 
he's a very like private guy. He's a bit of a recluse, so not many people talk to him, but he calls just to, you know, shoot the shit with me. And he's a, he's such a funny guy, but he, on the plane afterwards, he was laughing. Cause he was like, I barely, he goes, I didn't even gotten my helmet off. He was like, I was just getting my stuff off and I had to go back in. He's like, so he didn't see it. He's like, what, what were you doing? I was like, I was trying to start a fight. I wanted Jerome to fight. And, and then he was kind of chuckling. Like, if you know Mika, Mika doesn't take too many things seriously. So he was kind of chuckling about it. And then I remember talking to his wife later that night, Sadie, and she was like, Mika said you did something to protect him. I was like, yeah, I was protecting him. And so it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, Kipper's a, you know, he's such a laid back guy. He's got that finished demeanor. So he, uh, uh, he just, we were sitting on the plane afterwards having a beer and he was kind of just chuckling about it. He's like, that was crazy. You're going to get suspended. And I'm like, yeah, I think I am. So. And sure enough, I did the next morning at 8 a.m. So it is what it is. Hey, so that was in 2007. A couple years earlier, you were playing with the Florida Panthers for a full season. And I have a question about two of the coaches. The video coach happens to now be the Sens goalie coach, Pierre Groot. And the head coach is the winningest coach in Ottawa Senators history, Jacques Martin. And that was coming off being let go from the Senators going into the lockout the 0405 season. So what yeah. was the experience like under Jacques Martin? Uh, Jacques was great. You know, I think it pained Jacques to put me in the net because he knew that he didn't have Roberto Luongo in the net. <laughs> so, you know, I think I played like nine glorious games that year or whatever it was because Louis was, you know, he was, he was one of the best goalies on the planet. And, you know, why and, – and he liked to work. Like, he liked to play. So, you know, it was a lot of, like, off-ice work for me. So, you know, Jacques was really good to me because he knew that I was, a, you know, a veteran, kind of an old pro. You know, I, I had a pretty good work ethic, so he, he knew he didn't have to worry about me. I was a pretty low-maintenance player. So I got along with Jacques pretty well, and he liked the fact that I always messed around in the dressing room and kind of kept the guys light. So I think he, he knew that I brought a little bit more to the table than just um, – you know, just, just being a backup. And I would never complain about anything. And then Pierre was great because Pierre was just kind of starting out, you know, and he, you could tell he had an eye right away for the game. So, you know, the great part about it is watching him develop into a really good goalie coach and, and somebody who's progressive. I, I like to, you know, I like to, I learn things from Pierre when I talk to him about, you know, the position and what he's thinking and, and how he's working with guys. And, you know, because every, every goalie's different, right? So, you know, every goalie has a toolbox, but some things you can incorporate in, some things you can't. So you get a guy like Anders Nielsen, who's just a monster, you know, so big. And, and Pierre's working on things with him a lot different than he'd work on with Holberg or, you know, somebody like that because – they just have different skill sets. So I, I love the fact that Pierre has developed into a guy that, you know, for me is really progressive. Like he's not shy to think outside the box. Uh, you know, he's confident in his ability as a coach. And, you know, I could see that right away in Florida. You know, he's a guy who would point things out. Uh, he, you know, he, he's, not a, he's not a huge personality, but he's a smart guy. I've got a lot of respect for Pierre and his body of work and how far he's come. And, uh, and even where he's going, because I, I think he's, you know, he's been a big part 
of the Senators and, and them having some good young goaltenders to work with in the future. And, and I think Pierre Dorian's very lucky to have him. We just have one final question for you, and you have the best spot on the ice, well, in the arena, to watch how the bench is moving around. What are some major differences you noticed between how DJ Smith runs the ship versus the previous regime? DJ's, uh, I think, what I love about DJ Smith is you know exactly where you stand with him. Like, he shoots from the hip in a good way. Like, I've, I've, I've had some of the best coaches in the NHL in history, Al Arbor. You know, Daryl Sutter, Jacques Lemaire, you know, some Joel Quinville. A lot of them all have kind of the same trait. And that trait is um, honesty. They tell you exactly where you you stand. And I love, like, DJ runs the bench where he's not as shy to go to somebody, hey, what the hell are you doing there? Or, great job. Like, he's a passionate guy. I think DJ runs the bench like he's playing, like he's one of them. And he's a smart guy. I I really like him as a coach, guys. I, I, I think he's a, a guy who's not scared to, to challenge and put guys in their place in a respectful way. He's not a disrespectful person at all. But what he is is he's got an understanding because he played, but he understands the new athlete. He understands systems as good as anybody. And he wants to implement his systems, and he wants to hold guys accountable. And I, I love that because I think you, you get a group that wants to buy in, He's going to grow with this group. And, you know, I, I, I just think they, they've got the right guy in there for this group and the right scenario. They're heading in the direction. So, so watching DJ work with his uh, staff, they, you know, he's a vocal guy. He's passionate. But the one thing I'll say, I don't know if you guys know or have talked to him before, he's got a great sense of humor. Like I, he does, it's not that he doesn't take himself that seriously, but I think he understands when he's going to push when he's got to allow guys to grow and he's got a realistic uh, view. And I, I just, I love that. And he's not shy to push those guys and go, Hey, I need more from you tonight. Let's go. And I, I just, I, I respect that a ton. So, you know, from witnessing that in between the bench, I, I, I love it. It's impressive. Yeah. We're both big fans of DJ as well. And it really seems like it's quite clear. The players have bought into his system. Like sure. Maybe the senators weren't the most talented team last year, but they were always working hard. You know, the work ethic was there and that's what DJ Smith brings. So I'm excited about that. Last question for me, Jamie, I want to ask you, we saw a lot of Marcus Hogberg last season when Anders Nielsen, unfortunately was injured for quite some time and maybe his record didn't quite show it, but he was always keeping this team in games. What can you say about his competitive attitude that maybe didn't get the W, but had his team in the battle the entire time, all the way through overtime and shootout? Well, you mentioned it. Like, this guy was in the fight. And I love that because goaltending's not about style points. You want to look good? Like, you know, I've known goaltenders that look amazing, but they give up five goals. I want a guy who, who cares how he looks. He's, he'd rather give his right arm but then give up a goal. And that's what Holberg has. I, I'm, was it, do you remember that Vegas game? The, the game in Vegas. I, I don't know if you remember that. Yep. Like, he made like 50-some saves. That game should have been 15-1. to 1. <laughs> Like, I, I'd never seen – like, it was almost like the whole team had been out the night before except for Holberg. He was unreal. And because I was out, I could barely spit out my, uh, 
My was analysis. That, was that where they had oh. the gas? They they were giving it to you on overdrive for it? Oh yeah, like it was just <laughs> like I went to bed at like five o'clock in the morning the night before because I I had some buddies in town and we went to a club and like I could barely breathe and my voice was shot and and there was smoke before the game and I was like, what the hell is going on here? So I'm tr- I'm struggling to get my analysis out and it was like everyone on the team had been playing blackjack except for Holberg. Like he, I think, I want to say, I swear to God, the scoring chances were like 30 to five, something ridiculous. Like, and wasn't it game, a penalty shot in overtime? Yes. They, they lost a penalty like, shot. Yeah. It was crazy. Like it, that game was nowhere near, like even should have been close to overtime. I'm it pulling was, up the stats right now. 53 to 18, the shots yeah. on goal. Yeah, I, I swear to God, if you go back into the deep dive analytics, like the high danger chances were like 30 to 5. Like, I swear to God. And they, like that was one of the best performances I've ever seen, like live. And, and, and Holmberg just would not concede the two points. It was impressive. Jamie, we start with goalie talk. We end with goalie talk as a goalie-friendly show. We thank you for joining us. Hopefully we can do this again soon once training camp opens up. We'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I'd love to, and I promise I won't be speeding down the highway on it. The next one we're going to have some, some fun, or maybe, maybe when this world gets right, we can, have, uh, we can do this in person somewhere, a round table. Yeah, I would love to. The TSN studio sounds like the perfect home from that, where we can find all your great work on Overdrive Monday to Friday on TSN 1050. Stick taps to noodles once again for joining us on the pod. Really one of the best in the business. Can talk hockey with that guy all day long, and I'm already looking forward. He mentioned in person, whenever this world gets back to normal, that's absolutely we're going to take him up on that. Pilsy, one correction, though. That last game, the Vegas game, he talked about it. He was in one himself. It was Craig Anderson, not Marcus Hogberg. We didn't cut it out because the story was still awesome, and it still rung true. Like They were giving up shots left, right, and center. Yeah, I think Noodles was a victim to the Vegas flu on that one. And hey, it happens to the best of us. A little, You spend a couple days in Vegas, and Craig Anderson starts to look a lot like Marcus Hogberg. Yeah, well, they both looked uh, battered and bruised, I would say, after many a game because they faced a whole lot of shots. Kind of like Mad Sogart in the World Junior last year when he played for Denmark, or two seasons ago, I should say. And uh, tough, tough results for Mad Sogart there. He had a bit of a regression after a a solid up-and-coming year getting drafted second round. But good news, Pilsy, he will be back playing, according to a website. So nothing official from the team yet. But it looks like he has been assigned to a Danish team. Uh, Don't know the team name yet. That maybe we'll touch on on Thursday. But, hey, the bottom line, it's great that Mad Sogart will get a chance to play games. Yeah, definitely. And and that's all you want from your prospects. And I I think it's kind of cool, like, in these times, the way the world is, like, he gets an opportunity to go back to uh, his home country of Denmark and play at home for a little bit, like, why, why not? That's, that's good for him. It's good for Denmark. And uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how long he stays there because once the WHL kicks back up, he's, he's heading back to Medicine Hat, no? Yeah, and it sounds like January 8th. And stay tuned. We have Perry Bergson who covers the Brandon Wheat Kings on the show later this week. And he, he has some great stories about Ridley Gregg who's going to be at Canadian training camp, but he is going to be in tough. And by the way, it is the Ersberg Energy 
where Mad Sogar will be playing. But Ridley Gregg, Team Canada, they start. They have two practices today in Red Deer. Oof. He's, we said last week, like, oh, he's going to make the team for sure, fourth-line energy guy. But you start crunching the numbers, and it is going to be an uphill battle with the amount of first-round talent, top-end first-round talent on this uh, selection camp. Yeah, I mean, we're just doing our duty. We're pumping our guys' tires, right? Like, letting the world know, like, hey, don't forget about this guy. But let's be honest here. I don't think he's going to make the team. He's uh, This is first year eligible, and this is a stacked lineup. Like, even if you're an extra on this roster, that's impressive because you had to beat out a lot of talent. So, let if we're being honest, Ridley Gregg probably not going to see him on Team Canada this year. I think next year we're looking a lot better results, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's the perfect guy to play a bottom six energy kind of style role. Whereas Robbie Arventi, I, I would be shocked if he is not on Finland's team with his hot start points in 10 out of 14 games with Eels. And you, you just know Jake Sanderson's going to make Team USA. Tyler Clevin, maybe the same situation where next year he has a better chance. But Jake Sanderson, Robbie Arventi, and maybe a 2021 draft eligible who will become an Ottawa Senator. Just like last year, you had a couple of guys like Timmy Superstar was in the World Juniors. You didn't know he's going to be a Senator. But he sure was. Uh, programming note, we will take tomorrow off. Be back to finish the week out strong with Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Of course, Send Central Citizen Saturday. Stay tuned for that. So we are going to go a little bit longer today. So if you have a commute you're waiting for tomorrow, maybe hit pause and uh, save for tomorrow because we still have lots to get to, including a tweet from Pierre Lebrun saying that as of today, both sides are still hoping for a January 1st puck drop. We'll see. And the cup to be awarded no later than July 15th. So most of the conversations between the two sides, they focused on 60 or more games. Is that realistic? I think so. That's that's kind of the range you're going for. Definitely a full season is just wild. And uh, honestly, I think even in normal times, 82 games is a little too many. I'd like to see it uh, lowered to like 76 or something. Cut out some of those back-to-backs and hard travel games. but. I think somewhere between 48 and 60 is where the NHL is trying to, trying to work this. And it'll be interesting to see what it comes down to. I don't care. <laughs> like, just give me NHL hockey. Then LeBron followed that up saying, so if there's early January puck drop, that means getting this done by the end of the month. This being the plans. As we saw in the spring and summer, these things can drag out. But the hope is that if there's an agreement, it's within the next seven to 10 days but we'll see if talks hit a snag or not and then he adds in brackets a couple dollar signs because let's be honest it always comes down to money money well spent though pilsy is getting sends merch and we see it all over the place when i sent out a tweet at send central i was at the loblaws on queen's key and lower jarvis rocking my brady 2d but where was the craziest place you've seen a Sens jersey? We asked you on Twitter, and you came through in the clutch. So many great answers. Sens prospects leading the way. A video from 2016. And there's tons of pictures and videos in this thread. So I would recommend everyone taking a look. It's really fun to go down memory lane. We even had a situation where Sens prospects posted these, what would you call them, like Russian dolls? Yeah, I think they're Russian dolls, yeah. Yeah, so saying that he bought them in St. Petersburg, and it was Kravchuk, Bonk, Sallow, and 
Andre Wa, friend of the show, which is so cool because then another account at Praise Alfie, always Praise Alfie, by the way, but then he came in saying, I bought these at a market in Europe, but they were different players. He had Fisher, Heatley, Spezza, Alfie, and Joe Corvo. One of those things isn't like the other. But to me, that's amazing that there were multiple iterations of these Senator Russian dolls. Yeah, what a weird move. Maybe uh, Ottawa Team Shop will bring these back, reverse retro Russian dolls, we'll see. Well, that's more than the amount of Russians that have played for Ottawa between 2011 and 2018 before they then came back, just having these 10 there, which uh, is crazy. But I did like that they were able to have Igor Kravchuk as one of the Russian dolls, getting the Russian involved. And there's just so many cool ones. Like one guy posted a photo, uh, Jordan at Jordan Hanlon, of uh, the back of a jersey that just said Sweden, 08, when Ottawa opened the season there. And people are asking, whose autograph is that? And he thinks it's Sparty. But if you look and somebody replied with Eugene Melnick's signature, I'm pretty sure that's Eugene Melnick's signature on the back of a Sens jersey in Newfoundland. Like the, what you see and where you see it, it's awesome. And what reminded me and what I replied was at the Devil Makes Three concert in Toronto down at uh, Exhibition Place in the heart of enemy territory. This guy is getting his bag searched. I'm, I'm waiting to get into the concert, and he's rocking a big rig Heritage jersey. I'm like, hell yeah. And how cool is Twitter? They found the guy being like, oh, that guy's a part of RSU Toronto. And he's like, hey, hell yeah. That's awesome. So he turns on his phone, and there's a, a creepy picture from behind him with the tweet. So which one was uh, your favorite through that thread? This one's easily the best one out of all of them and yeah shout out everyone who responded i think there's 41 comments on that so that's good but this is the best northern zambia a guy and uh his wife were volunteering and uh, what's his uh what's his handle oh it's i have opinion at i hate batman <laughs> for those wondering and um this it looks like a local guy from northern zambia is wearing an ottawa senator's stanley cup champions t-shirt so i mean you hear the stories about like obviously at uh super bowls and stuff like that they make championship shirts for both teams so i guess that's what happened here and then the loser the the not real ottawa senators those shirts get shipped off to uh, africa to help uh, clothe the uh, people in need so that's just hilarious that this guy found one of these in northern zambia like that's a that's a gem I, he should have bought that off that guy that's a collector's item yeah, and somebody pointed out that they had a uh, Molson Canadian did a thing where they had these like retro ones. So apparently it's that, but even still, I prefer to think of it as the. Oh, 07. I never thought of that. Yeah. So, but anyways, it doesn't take away from how amazing that is in general. There was also one like an Alfie jersey spotted in Barcelona. Brooke Raven threw that in, and somebody asked if this counts. You know how sometimes at hostels you'll see like all sorts of like bills and, and currency from so many different places. It's really cool. Somebody had a Canadian $5 bill and it wrote hashtag Melnick out on it. And that was in Tokyo, a bar in Tokyo. Somebody posts a uh, Tyler Nuttall posts in Queenstown, New Zealand, attendee wearing an old 2d Jersey in men's league in one of the only two rinks in the entire Island. And then you had the awesome ones, obvious biggie smalls and, Big L rocking the Sens jersey as well. So, so many cool answers. Thanks to everyone who replied at Sens Central. Someone even posts a photo at the 16th hole of the Waste Management Open in Phoenix last year. 
a Sens jersey. And that's the, the golf tournament for those who aren't familiar with the PGA where it's basically like a full-out party. Like, it's not your typical, like, you know, country club golf course. It is an absolute party. And Buddy rocking a Sens jersey there, he knows how to party. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just happy to have everyone uh, chip in there. Caleb Smith, a little bit of a backhand slap saying the CTC during a Leafs game. Yeah, yeah, we get it, buddy. And uh, lastly, I'll say Peter Bondra looked freaking weird in a sense jersey. So you love to see so many answers. Make sure to check out that thread with all the photos and videos attached as well. Uh, any final notes, Philzy, before we let off? No, I got nothing. This has been a fun episode. I mean, any time where you can uh, just break down jerseys and have fun laughing and praising different and ideas. And chirping noodles. Yeah, and hey, yeah, chirping noodles. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed that talk about his final NHL game. I mean, that is just so hilarious. We got to get Kippersoft on to tell us about that game. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I love that you followed up because it's he was happy to like get into it, but I think he kind of wanted to move on because we were just like, picking at it. And he got a $100,000 fine his last game, right? That's coming out of your RSP at this point, right? But he still owes the NHL four games, but you just, you came in perfectly there and, and had like that lighthearted, like, how about his perspective on it? So that was awesome, awesome stuff. And we can't wait till Noodles comes back and we can't thank him enough for joining us. This is only the beginning. I may have teased an interview coming this week. It'll probably be Monday, but I'm done teasing it until it's recorded. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every